getting into the Word and continuation of our series on vision for 2018. Being a hearer of the Word and then a doer of the Word. And what we're adding to it today is, not only are we a hearer of the Word, but we're going to hear and see and do. Today we're talking about being able to see. A visionary has the ability to see into things. Say, I'm a visionary. Say it again. Say it again. You're a visionary, so you're a seer. You see things. When you have vision, the Bible says, and we'll we'll read the scripture in a moment in in a few different translations, but it says, where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, where there's no redemptive revelation of God, people perish. They don't don't end. They don't produce. We want to be those who preserve to the end. We want to be stronger at the end than we were at the beginning. We want to be people that continue to flourish throughout, even when there's obstacles and there's setbacks and there's things like that, but we're not quitters. We continue to press in. And today... I'm sharing something that I believe is one of the most important messages in the Bible because God says that it is. Um, I want to look, before I get to my foundational scriptures, I want you to look at this verse. And it's um, found in Matthew 6. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Verse 22 and 3 out of the Amplified. Um, And it says this, I'm in Matthew 6 and 22 in the Amplified. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, your entire body will be full of light. Does that seem pretty important? Does that seem pretty important? For your eye to be sound, right? That word sound there one of the words that it's defined as is being clear. If your eyes are clear, then you can see. Verse 23 says this, But if your eye is unsound, your whole body, or if your eye is not clear, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the very light in you, your conscience, is darkened, then there's a question. How dense is the darkness? How deep is the darkness? How dark is the darkness that's in your conscience? So, today, what, what, I'm, what I'm going to show you and prove to you in the Word is that you can not have clear vision for your life with a darkened conscience. And then I'm going to say it like this. You cannot get free of a darkened conscience without vision. And I believe the word is so very clear. If I had, if I had about three hours today, you, you, you'd be astonished at how many scriptures that there are about the condition of your conscience. We're going to, number one, define what a conscience is, what your conscience is. Because a lot of people think it's one thing when it's actually something else. You've heard me say this and remember this as I go through Scripture. Your conscience 
is the voice of your spirit. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit. You're a three-part being. You, you, you are a physical body that has a soul, which is a mind, will, and emotions. And inside of you, the real you is your spirit. You're created in the image of God. God is spirit, so we are spirit because we are created in His image. If we were created after apes, if that was our creator, that's what we were created after, then we would have an ape nature. We have a God nature. Amen? We were created in the image of God. So as a result of being created in the image of God, if you, and we've talked about this all, all month long, you can go back and listen to the messages. You can go to gatesofthecity.org and download for free the message or just listen to the messages. They're there. But we've talked about how that the Bible is very clear that a man must be born again to understand true spiritual things. There's only one God on planet Earth. There are not multiple gods because the Bible tells us. So if you want to believe some other book, then you can believe there's all kinds of gods and all roads lead to God, but they don't because the Bible's very clear about it. You know, you don't have to get in people's faces about it that don't believe that. Just love people and sooner or later, if your life is real and you're connected to God, your life will speak to other people. You don't have to shove that down their throat and all that kind of stuff and, you know, go to war with them over stuff. It'll never work. I mean, you'll just cause people to never be around you. Amen? I know I was that way. And uh, <laughs> it doesn't work. So the fact that, where did I leave off? What was the last thing I said? Who was listening? Yeah, it was. I, uh, it was live, but what did I say right before then? Where was I? I was talking about spirit, that we are a spirit, right? So I'm going to just pick up from there. So, um, so we're a spirit being. And my, the, the, when a person is born again, he must be born again for this reason. That when my human spirit and the Holy Spirit become one, then the voice from my spirit that's connected to God is my conscience. Now, how, how many times in your life are you doing something and then all of a sudden you just have this kind of sense I shouldn't do that. There's, there's some reason why I shouldn't do that. Maybe you're going somewhere and all of a sudden you just get this sense on the inside, I don't need to be going. That is your conscience. And I'm going to show you, just in the next 30, 35 minutes, I'm going to show you and explain to you what your conscience is, how to develop it, and how to learn to listen to it day by day. How to pay attention to your conscience. Not, not ignore it. What, listen to me. Remember this word. Or override your conscience when your flesh wants to do something that you shouldn't be doing. If you want vision for your life, you have to have a clear conscience. If you want vision for life. If you want to understand corporate vision and the importance of corporate, you being connected to corporate vision, you have to have a clear conscience. So, I said all that, and now I'm going to give you a scripture and verse for it. Um, 
So we started uh, earlier in the month out of Habakkuk 2, write the vision, make it clear. I added to that, make it clear and simple. Why give people vision that is so intense and so difficult to understand that nobody can run with it? They can't, we can't do anything with it. We're just simple. What are we here for at Gates of the City? Great commission and the great commandment. To love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Those are the last two things that Jesus spoke before he left the earth. We need to be busy doing them. And if we really understand that, and tonight we're going to break down 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 19 through 23 in the message. We're going to break that down along with Matthew 20, 26, and 7 that we've talked about all month long. We're going to break that down and talk about what it really looks like to be in a position to carry out vision in our own personal lives and carry out corporate vision connected to everybody else. Amen? Write the vision, make it plain, so that they that read it can run with it. Proverbs 29 and verse 18, and I'm going to read this out of three translations. I want to start in the King James Version of Proverbs 29 and 18 first. The King James Version. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, and we've already talked about that word law there, represents to us today God's word. He that keeps the word, happy is he or fulfilled is he, or strengthened is he, or built up is he, amen, or clear is he, where vision is concerned, where there is no vision, and I'll just say it like this, where there is no clear vision, a person perishes, they, they, they die out within themselves, they have no purpose to live and no purpose to be on planet earth when they die out, but he that keeps the word keeps his conscience clear, remember that as we explain that over the next little bit keeps his conscience clear let's look at the at the uh, remember that that's what that says now look at the uh, new king james version of that verse where there is no revelation and the amplified i'm not going to read it but the amplified says where there is no redemptive revelation the people cast cast off restraint but happy is he who keeps the word of god they cast cast off listen to me where there is no redemptive, ongoing redemptive revelation of God, then the restraint is cast off. Now, what I'm adding to this verse today that I've not talked about until this morning is, what is the restraint? I'm telling you the restraint is your conscience. What is your conscience? It's the voice of your spirit. Your spirit and the Holy Spirit, as you're developing a relationship with God, the Holy Spirit will tell you things that you need to know in the moment that your natural mind will never tell you. And when there's no ongoing redemptive revelation of God being developed in your life, you're just sitting around, you're just thinking life is going to, you know... Uh, happen, you're just hoping you're going to win the lottery and, 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 and get, you know, 150 or what was the last one, 575 million or whatever it was I saw, I, hoping you're going to win the lottery and then that's going to take care of everything. Any, anybody ever gone on YouTube and read the stories of people that have won the lottery? Go do it. Yeah, you, 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 and most of them, men, right? Why? They had no revelation. Listen to me. A person with money with no revelation, <laughs> they're, they're destruction looking for a place to happen. 
Money is not the answer. Say this with me. God is the answer. That's it. Does God want you to have money? Absolutely. But he doesn't want you to have money before you have redemptive revelation because it will destroy you. It will. You can't serve God and stuff. But if you learn to serve God and walk in revelation with God, man, you can have all the stuff you want because you know what to do with it. See, when your conscience is revealing to you what you're to do with what you do in life, man, there's no, there's no end. There's, that's why with God there's no limitations. But it takes a clear conscience. Um, the NIV on that verse. <clears throat> that's what I wanted. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. What is wisdom? It's, what's, it's what is extracted from the knowledge that we have. See, you can read the Word. You can be a hearer, but not a seer and a doer. And you can hear and fill your head with all kinds of knowledge, but you're not operating from the wisdom that's in the midst of the knowledge that God has given you. That's what we want. We want to be hearers that are beginning to see and then do something with what we see from Him. Then we're doing and operating from a standpoint and a platform of vision, not just doing something, trying to get something to happen. That's, that's backwards with God. That's the, way, that's the way the world will teach you, but God's is, it's, it's totally backwards. We do what He says, it creates vision, and then what we walk out is a result of what we're confident in. Not, man, if I do this, then... See, you see the stress involved in that? Say, man, if I do this, then maybe this will happen. We don't have to be that way. We can do what he says and be confident in our doing that produces. Not being disappointed time and time and time and time again because we're trying to make something happen. That's not seeing. God wants us to see. And the way you see and the way you create vision inside of you is by being able to hear the voice of God and be clear with it and have no questions about that what he spoke to me was him, it was him and it was real and it was for me. And when I do what he tells me to do, it will produce. Like Fabian said, listen, one thing that's really good about Fabian's testimony today is this. Everybody that you see in the Bible that ever did anything, it took them years for manifestation. And one of the reasons was they didn't have this book for you and I to read. They were living this book, Right? What we have today is this book. We have the Holy Ghost, as they had. And, and we have the ability to allow the Word, as we've been reading, to change the way that we think. And when our conscience becomes clear, then we're ready for manifestation. Until our conscience is clear, we're in, we're in the working processes of things that are being worked out within ourselves so that we can not just be healed, but then walk in divine health. God doesn't want to have to heal you every other week. Amen. See, he didn't want you to you know, be struggling, be, be a person that, that, that your mindset is, I'm the sick trying to get well. No, God wants you to know you're the healed. 
So there's a lot of stuff that's got to be cleared out of your conscience, out of your soul, and, and you have to be liberated so that you can receive it even when you don't feel it. And once that happens, it creates vision that'll never disappoint in your life. You'll never be in despair. I didn't say you wouldn't have difficult days. I said you'd never be in despair. Never in despair. Because the Word says so. When your hope is in God, and that hope is an, is an expectation that God will perform and do what, exactly what He said He would do, there's, there's never despair. When people back away from the Word... People come to a place of acknowledging the word at a certain point in their life and then they begin to back away from it. All of a sudden, what happens is what we're going to read in a few verses of Scripture is the soul becomes darkened. The conscience becomes darkened. Now, I'm going to show you a difference between the soul and the conscious. The conscience, okay? There, there's a conscience and there's a soul. And I don't want to, I don't want to go... Where I'm, I'm losing you in this, but it's important that you understand this, okay? And, and it'd be good for you to go back and listen to this word today, because what I'm sharing with you today is vital. It's key to your and my success about living and operating in vision and having vision for our life. Because he said, where there is no vision, people perish from within. But where there's vision, they're happy, they're fulfilled, they're joyful, they're expectation, they're, they're, they're believing for more. And all those things. Amen? So, we read this verse of Scripture um, last week. It's found in Acts 24. <clears throat> Acts 24 and verse 16. So, I want to talk about the conscience for a moment. And, and I want to I look at just like two or three verses of Scripture to... to to explain this and make this very, very clear. Everybody say clear. I want this to be clear. I don't want you to be confused about what I'm saying. I want this to be very, very clear. So, <clears throat> in verse um, 16, the Apostle Paul says this, This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. A conscience without offense toward God and men. Without offense. Verse 16 in the Amplified, look at this. Therefore I always exercise and discipline myself, mortifying my body, deadening my carnal affections, bodily appetites and worldly desires, endeavoring in all respects to have... A clear, unshaken, blameless conscience. Everybody say clear. Now, as, as I looked this up, these are the words that I came up with, and I found verses of Scripture, which I'm not going to look at all of them today. We can't. You, you can go look these up yourself. But the Bible talks about, and this word is defined as a, this word clear here, or in... Um, In the New King James, it's a fence. Um, he said, I, I, I keep myself clear and, and free from offenses toward God and man. In other words, blaming God or man for things. So in, in, in other words, a, 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 an unclear conscience is offended. Or it's, it's blaming or it's focusing on things that God doesn't want you to be focusing on. 
Now watch this. So to have a clear conscience is to have a clean conscience, a good one, a pure conscience, a free conscience. All of those things liberated from your conscience, which is the voice of your spirit if you allow it to be. But if the waters are muddied or the communication lines with God are muddied because we're not spending time in the Word and with the Word, then I'm going to allow circumstances to override what my conscience is telling me. See, I'm telling you today, God has only good and not bad all the days of your life. But He's got to be able to get over to you what He wants done for you to carry it out because He won't make you do things. Deuteronomy 30, I think it's 30, says, I set before you life and death, blessing and the curse. I command you to choose life, but it's your choice. You choose. I choose today. You can agree with me. I choose today to have a clear Clean, free, unoffended conscience. How about you? Amen? Look at um, 2 Timothy 1.3 to drive this point home. 2 Timothy 1 and 3. Well, that's 1 Timothy. That's a good verse, but that's not the one I wanted. That's not the one I wanted either. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, verse 3. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. As my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. You know where effective prayer comes from? Effective prayer. Remembering things night and day. I was, I was, uh, I was just out of town the last few days, and um, I was w- with a group of people, most of them aren't Christians, and I was the ones that I was around, most of them weren't. And I was around them, and, and um, there was a guy there that I'd seen last year, young guy, he's probably 21, I guess. And uh, he had had an issue in his life, and, and I, I just had the opportunity to pray with him. It just, it just in, a, in a few days, in about a three-day period of time, you know, in him talking to me, people will show you where they're at real quickly, and you'll find out whether they're ready to be prayed for or not. A lot of people are not. A lot of people aren't ready for your God, my God. They're not ready for him. You've got to love them and pray for them. But this guy was just ready. He was just in a position where he was ready to be prayed for. And I prayed with him. And I haven't heard from him, no contact or anything in a year, and I see the guy. And, and what happened? When your conscience is clear, I'm not saying that my conscience is perfect. I'm just saying when your conscience is clear, okay, 
you're ready to pray. And you remember prayers that you prayed. And when I saw the guy, I remembered what I prayed. And he goes, man, you remember that? You remember that you prayed for me last year? I said, yeah. And he said, you know what? This situation happened and it changed. Well, what I prayed for him about changed. He said, you remember that? And I, and I, I wasn't thinking about the fact that, you know, what a great person I am because I remembered it. But because of what I'm preaching, what the Lord said to me is because your conscience is more clear today than it's ever been. And so you're more open to serve people and to love people and to be there on behalf of people than you've ever been before. That's what God spoke to me real clearly. The fact that I, I saw the guy, his name was Dylan, I saw him, I remembered his name, and I remember what we prayed about. It was just simple, it wasn't like a big deal, but he, but he told me, he said, you know what, you, agree, you prayed for me about that and it changed. He remembered it. See, sometimes... It can go years that people are being ministered to because will that guy forget that? Not only did, did he not forget that I prayed with him and it changed, but he'll never forget that a year went by and I remembered him and the whole situation. How do you do that? Clear conscience. See, free from offenses toward people and free from just being consumed with yourself. That's what we have to be. That, that's the people God created us to be. That's part of being, having a vision and, and being a visionary in life and being able to see what God wants you to see. Say it again, I'm a seer. To be a seer, we have to have clear conscience. To be a seer, we have to have a clear conscience. Amen? Titus, just a few pages over. First chapter, 15th verse. This is a letter of Paul to Titus, and he says, To the pure, remember he said what he strived for was a clean and a pure conscience, right? To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, Everybody say defiled. Those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. So there's a pure and a clean conscience and a defiled conscience. And listen, just take a big deep breath. Everybody's conscience has been or is defiled. Everybody. I don't care who you are. Everybody in areas of their conscience. You may be clear and free in a certain area, and in another area, it's defiled. Okay? So just take a deep breath, and don't look at it as like an ugly four-letter word, and you're a bad person because your conscience is defiled. Everybody does, because we live in a defiled world. God just wants you, through redemptive revelation on a day-to-day -day basis, He wants you cleaning and clearing your conscience, so you can hear him, so you don't make dumb mistakes and do things you shouldn't do. There lies the answer. Right here, that's as simple as I can say it, and yet, the gospel is simple, but it's not easy. I'll say it again, the gospel is simple, but it's not easy. But there's not anything that you will ever face in life, not anything, 
that the answer is not already in this book. I don't know how that can happen, but it says it so. Every answer to every situation is right there in that book. But it can only come to you as you are living in a place of developing redemptive revelation from God every minute of every day. Oh, Pastor, I'm too busy to do No, 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 no. I mean, just stop your career, shut it down or whatever, and spend six months to a year and develop a redemptive revelation, and I promise you, you'll prosper. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just saying, you know, you say you're too busy. No, you're, 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 <laughs> you're too busy not to do this. And you want to get busyness out of your life and be more clear about the decisions you make and, 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 and in other words, stop all the footsteps in life and, and have fewer footsteps in trying to accomplish things by hearing the voice of God, this is the way to do it. Now, I've been saved for 40 years. And I've looked at all kinds of different ways to get to this place. And there's no other way. No other way. Nobody in the Bible. I'm going to show, in, in a moment, we're going to read a verse of Scripture in the Old Testament where King David was, did this very thing. And it's been going on from day one. And when Jesus came and liberated us and set us free, he put us in a better place than King David was in. He put us in a great place where we can know God, we can know his voice, we can do what he says and advance and prosper and have vision to accomplish what he put us on this planet for and what he created us to do before the foundation of the world. How is that possible? I have no idea except that he says so. Amen? And amen. So to have a, as this, as this verse right here says, um, <clears throat> to have a defiled conscience, that word there is defined as, and in the Bible it mentions it in different places, a seared conscience, an evil or condemned or unforgiving or a dead conscience where you get to the place where your conscience is just dead and you let natural circumstances override what that sense on the inside of you is talking about. Now, most of the places in the New Testament, not every place, but most of the times that the Bible talks about the heart, it's not talking about the blood-pumping heart in the New Testament. It's not talking about this. It's talking about the center, the center part of you, the inner part of you. And that is your spirit man. And your human spirit and the Holy Spirit are one. And it's what the Holy Spirit gives you in those times in your connection and communication with him that spare you and I all the trouble that life wants to put on us. Because when, when I have a seared conscience, an evil conscience, all of us have or we do have or in areas, you know, the, the verse I read in Matthew 6 where it says, if your conscience, if the light that is in you, which is your conscience, is darkened, okay, the question is how deep is the darkness? Well, I'll tell you this. What I found out was the longer I was saved, <laughs> the deeper things got. I'm going to say it again. The longer I was saved and more of the word and the light coming in, I realized, wow, I thought it was just this and I'd be fixed. No, wait a minute, there was some more down in here. It got deeper and the question is, how deep is it? And you know what the answer to that is? It doesn't matter. 
We're going after it with the light and we're exposing it all the time. It doesn't matter how deep it is. It doesn't matter how deep it goes. The light exposes it. That's the answer to that question. How deep is it? Who knows? It doesn't really matter because God is in the exposing business and if I just stay connected to him, I'm getting all this mess cleaned up, cleaned up, cleaned up, positioning myself in a better way to be the receiving end of all God has for me. That's why sometimes it takes five or six years to see something happen. That's why sometimes it takes 10 or 12 years to see something happen. Why? Because sometimes in certain people's lives, in certain areas where they're expecting to receive, it's a little bit deeper than it was in maybe in someone else's. So when you see somebody else on the receiving end of something, you know how you can rejoice with them receiving? Knowing yours is coming, I just had a little deeper darkness maybe right there. You don't have to tell anybody else that. You can just acknowledge the fact that, you know what, okay, let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of it. That's why we stay connected to the Word. We get rid of it. Can you say amen? So, seared, evil, condemned, unforgiving, dead conscience, and... I want to read these three verses in just real quickly in Hebrews, and then we're going to end with a few verses. Um, Hebrews 10 and verse 22 says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Everybody say evil. A a seared, right? Um, A condemned conscience. Uh, a dead one, what, uh, uh, and, and whatever else, what, there's probably five or six other words, but a, a conscience that is contaminated. And if your conscience is contaminated, and I'll tell you how you can know real quickly when it is, is when something is going on and fear grips your heart. Fear grips your conscience. Fear tells you that you can't do something. Fear tells you that I have to have this because if I don't, you ever gone to buy a car and this fear grips your heart like it's the last car on the planet? And what does that fear do? Makes you buy something you didn't need. They that wait on the Lord, (laughs) she'll get the best deal. I mean, it's just the way it works. See, see, when you're not in fear, your conscience is saying, you know what, that's not the right car. If it's the right car, get it. But man, you got this thing on the end. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. See, you got to practice. See, God doesn't speak to you in fear. He doesn't come and grip your heart and say, oh my God, it's a horrible car, it's going to break down. That's not God. But when fear is gripping your conscience like that, and it's trying to keep you from being able to hear what God really wants you to do, and then you get confused, that's where you have to work on it. That's where you have to renew your mind. Wait, wait, wait. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. So this is working on your conscience. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. But he's given me power, love, and a sound and a well-balanced mind. So I declare today that this fear that's trying to grip me in this situation, I let you know you have no place to operate in my life. I'm talking about you making that kind of confession in the bathroom at the car dealership. I mean, why go through it and buy something and then six months down the road, you're in a mess. We get ourselves, and I'm just talking, I mean, that's just one example off the top of my head. We get in so many messes because we don't take the time to clear our conscience. So what if it took you another six or eight months to clear your conscience until you got to a place where you believe you should buy a car or not? Someone says, 
Oh, man, God gave you a brain to buy a car. You can do, I mean, no, I'm talking about are you willing to allow yourself to work on your conscience? I'm not, any, you can go, if you got the money, if, you, if they're giving you the, uh, the, the loan or you got the cash to buy the car, go buy the thing. I don't want to do that. I want to hear God in every single thing I do. Uh, because I want to develop this ability to know that's exactly what he wanted me to buy. Can you have that? He said we can. He said we can. When I find myself, I'm going to buy a car, and, and then all of a sudden, what, what, what am I feeling? I don't know. We're backing off. Today, we're not buying a car. It may be a year before we buy a car, but we're not buying a car today because I got something on the inside of me. My conscience is not clear, and I got I to gotta realize what this is, and I got to get to the bottom of it, and the only way you can get to the bottom of it is being a doer and a declarer of the Word of God. Because the word cleans your conscience. It cleans your soul and your mind. Another verse, just back up one chapter. In uh, chapter 9 and verse 14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, this is 9 and 14, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. He did all this for us to do what? Watch it. This is what he did. Jesus died. The blood of Jesus set you up for this. To cleanse, to have a clean conscience from what? Dead works to serve the living God. What's a dead work? Buying a car when you got no peace. Or whatever it is. Have you ever responded in anger towards what someone did to you? And you walk away from that thing, and I mean you just feel like you want to throw up. See, because what you did, okay, and I'm not saying every single situation is this way, but this is most of the time, this is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you examples to help you understand how to deal with your conscience. What that is, is you responded in your flesh and never gave the voice of your spirit that's connected to the Holy Spirit that wants to tell you about this situation and give you the absolute truth about it. You didn't give that time to flow through so that what your flesh did was what God wanted it to do. That's why when you react in your flesh to something that someone does, you get this feeling on the inside. You ever had some words and some attitudes and some ugly responses toward people that cut you off in traffic? And you drive on from that and you feel so good about yourself. I feel so enlightened and so built up and strong and healthy because I just called that person a jerk! No. You get this sense this thing on the inside of you that's not right but your conscience see and right there it's showing that your conscience is muddied because you responded for you responded to what your flesh wanted to do in that situation instead of being clear to hear what God wanted you to hear can you say amen and then the third chapter of Hebrews and verse 7 says this
Let's back up to verse 6. Well, verse 5 says this. So this is the point. Moses indeed was faithful in verse 5 in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Now, keep that right there and then look at the first verse of chapter 3. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of your confession, Jesus Christ, of the things that I consider him in any and everything that you do. The way you get past a situation where you didn't, you didn't um, yield to your conscience, in other words, you let, you let your flesh override what your conscience was trying to tell you, it's because we're not keeping our confession in line. But to keep, get your conscience clear of anything that's muddied in there, we get it clear through the confession of the word. The entrance of his word brings light and life. It cleans things up. We want a clear, a clean conscience. That's what he created you to have, was clear and clean conscience. Notice in, back in verse, so he said that um, we're going to hold fast our confidence in what? In his word with the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your what? Your hearts, as in the rebellion. The spiritual part of you, the center part of you, the part that is one with God, do not allow that to be hardened. When your heart is hardened, when, you, when, when, when your conscience is muddied, then it muddies the waters from being able to be clear to hear what God wants you to know about a situation. In, in the children of Israel were moved by the giants. They were moved by all the things that were going on where God had promised them that land, but it looked like there was no way they could get it except for Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb's confession was a result of the condition of their heart. And when the word of God is cleansing and clearing you and, and cleaning your conscience on a day-to-day -day basis, then you can hear from him and your words will be like Joshua and Caleb. No, we can take this land. Huh? Those giants are but grasshoppers in our sight. They're nothing. See, but the rest of the 10 spies that went, man, the, I mean, we're dead. I mean, God's sent us over here. There's a lot of good stuff there, but man, they, we can't take, we can't, we're, no, we're no match for these guys. Why? Because their conscience was mud muddied and the waters were muddied. And he said, if we don't harden our hearts like that, in other words, we keep our conscience clear, then we're in a position to hear from God and do what God says. And it doesn't matter. You can walk through any situation, no matter what it is, no matter the pain, the trouble, or anything else, and you can be on top. In our little prayer group this morning before church, Corey had a word about up. That was his word for us about being up and not down, about being on top and not underneath. Amen? Because that's where God has positioned us and placed us. Everybody say, I receive up, not down. Amen? Up and not down. Glory to God. So, 1 Samuel 24, I'll read this. Remember to come back tonight. 
as we're going to finish this up and pray over you and lay hands on you and your, your visions. Bring your visions. Write it. You can write down what you have on paper. You may come and say, you know what, Pastor, I, I, I don't really have a vision. Good. We're going to pray for you that your vision is going to unfold this year because you're going to do some of the things we're talking about today. Amen? Glory to God. No better day like today than to have vision from God to do what he's told you to do. 1 Samuel 24. <clears throat> 1 Samuel 24 and verse 1. Just read this down to verse 6. Now it happened when Saul had returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Take note, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all of Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. So he came to the sheepfold by the road where there was a cave, and Saul went in to attend to his needs. I mean, he went in there to do whatever. And David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave, so they saw him coming in. He came in, went to sleep. Then the men, watch this. Then the men of David said to him, this is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do to him as it seems good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now watch this. Number one, David didn't see Saul as the enemy because Saul was his authority. Even though he came against him, tried to kill him, do all kinds of things, he didn't see it that way. That's not the way he saw it. Why? Because David saw, David had a a heart after the things of God and David saw what God saw. Now watch what he said. Now, it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. See, when God anoints somebody, when God puts somebody in a position, he doesn't take it back. Now, the people may remove themselves. The people may do things that cause that. But God's anointing is still there. And David saw that. See, when other people thought, man, here's a great opportunity to take this jerk out. And he was. In the natural. He was those things. But David saw beyond that. Notice in the sixth verse, it says, And he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master. Who forbid it? The Lord. See, David wasn't feeling guilty about Saul. David was seeing what God said is so, and David saw himself honoring God. When a person like this submits to that authority, he's not submitting to a man. He's submitting to the Word of God. He's submitting to what God is saying to him. You see that? See, David was troubled in his conscience. And the troubling there said, I can't do this. And you know what? In essence, what he did, if you read the rest of the story, he repented to Saul. He repented to God for even cutting that piece of his garment. He wanted to show him that he wasn't going to kill him, but he didn't have to do that. That wasn't what God told him to do. So there were some muddied waters there, but you know what delivered him of that? What set him free of that was repenting. Repentance is not an ugly word. It's a great word. It'll liberate you and set you on high and cause you to be on top and not underneath. Amen? And God is liberating us in our conscience, in our soul, so that we can be people 
that meditate and think on these kinds of things on on a on a on a ongoing basis. I want to end with this verse in Matthew 5 and verse 8. <clears throat> Jesus spoke these <clears throat> these are what we know as the Beatitudes. Jesus up on the on the hill. I've been I've been right where he spoke those things. Stood right there where they say he stood. And Jesus said this in verse 8. Blessed are the what? The what in heart? The pure, the clean, the clear. Whose hearts are clear and clean and pure so they can hear the God. He says they shall see God. A person that is, has a clear conscience can see God and walk in and fulfill the vision and the purpose that God had planned for them in their lives. Can you say amen? Listen. <clears throat> you, you clean your conscience by renewing your mind. Sometime this year, we're going to do a series on spirit, soul, and body. And we'll, we're going to interject in that series um, it's, I've got that almost ready and I'm not sure when we're going to do that but we're going to talk about spirit, soul, and body and the conscience and, and, I, and I want to say it like this and, and I'll prove to you in the, in, in the word you can take this and you can think about it and see if you believe this or not but your conscience your conscience is the voice of your spirit or it's the mind of your spirit telling your natural mind, will, and emotions, what is so. When your natural mind, will, and emotions are muddied, unrenewed, there's no redemptive revelation that's continuing in, in there, then your thinking up here overrides what this thinking down in here wants to tell you. That's as simple as I can say it. But in my studies through the years of the Word of God, I know that to be clear. There's a thinking in here, and there's a thinking in here. And this thinking right here wants to override this thinking here. And the only way for that to happen is for that redemptive revelation coming out of your mouth on a day-to-day -day basis. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me no matter what I feel like, no matter what the circumstances look like, no matter what anybody else says or has ever done, I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. I need to hear myself saying that on a regular basis, those types of things. You need to have developed in your life a confession list of things that you speak over yourself multiple times every day, every single day. Because I tell you, if you're not meditating on those things, Paul said this in Philippians 4, whatever things are good and pure and perfect and lovely and of a good report, think on these things. Because if you're not thinking on those kind of things, you're thinking on a bunch of other stuff and people are giving you all kinds of reasons why you need to be thinking and meditating on things that don't build your spirit. It doesn't build your consciousness of God and what He's trying to get over to you. I'm telling you today, your ability to have vision and to see clearly in the days ahead are tied to what I'm talking about today. Take it. 
apply it and make it work on a day-to-day basis because God is faithful to his word. Can you say amen?